Today's scripture reading is from, is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruits you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears bad bears bears bad fruit but a good tree bears good fruit a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire thus by their fruit you will recognize them Who's afraid of the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf, the big bad wolf? Who's afraid of the big bad wolf? La 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 la. So last week I stepped out as uh, Caleb was starting. When I came back, he was talking about the three little pigs and a couple of different things. So this week I said, did you sing that song? He goes, what song? And so I sang it to him, he goes, I don't know that song. <laughs> And uh, so I laughed, and I looked it up, and it looks like that song is way beyond my, my first days, like in the 30s probably, uh, and it was like this old, when I pulled it up, it was just this old thing playing. But I always remember that song, talking about the three pigs and, or whoever else it may have been involved with. And it reminds me, it reminds, it has, though it's a little goofy, it does have a very interesting premise because the big bad wolf we we make fun of and we speak of lightly in so many so many uh, um, situations in our lives and we we don't recognize its power and we don't recognize that it has creeped into our our situations in our lives we'd like to think that we are free from the big bad wolf we'd like to think that that it is nowhere near us or around us. But in fact, as Connor read for us, there are uh, people uh, who pose as sheep and wolves, uh, wolves that are in sheep's clothing. I just completely turned that around. And false prophets are, are typical of, of that description. They are the ones who, who wear the sheep's clothing. This person fits in with you gets along with you, and everything is good. And the person blends in with the rest of the Christians. But inwardly, that person is, is not a Christian. And if you're not careful, this person will cause you to sin or hurt your relationship with God. Do you know anybody who is a sheep, who is a wolf in sheep's clothing? Do you know any of those people? Or are they very hidden? Who is the person in your life? Who is the person in your life who is the person in your life that you like, but this person causes you to sin? This person causes you to laugh and makes you feel good about yourself, but this person could be a friend, a boyfriend, a girlfriend kind of thing. You like the person, but this person is a wolf in sheep's clothing. He tempts you to be disrespectful toward your parents or others in authority. She tempts you to be impure. He tempts you to experiment with all kinds of sins that you know are wrong. 
and she tempts you to lie, cheat, and steal. Who are those people in your life? Can you put a name on them, or are they hidden in your view? Why does the wolf wear sheep's clothing? It's often easy, in our lives, it's often easy to get the thin, almost invisible line that separates right from wrong. In our, in our lives today, we walk that line. And sometimes we, we, even as Christians, we see the, light, the right side of the line and we, we, it grays, it, 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 we lose it in front of us. And wolves take care of this and take advantage of this dilemma. The wolves get the truth twisted to such an extent that we fail to see the real danger and see them prowling around. These wolves are sweet-mouthed crafters who know what good words to use and how to use them. They will appreciate you, be kind and helpful, be loving and understanding and extremely charming. But don't forget that this is a disguise and that they have carefully put on to reach your heart. And once they do, they will tear you apart. I never witnessed, except on TV or film, a wolf tearing apart its prey. Uh, I, I, I did watch a couple things this week just to try to visual, get that visual, visualization in my head. I need you up here, uh, Jennifer. <laughs> Class this morning, Jennifer was helping me with my words. I waited a couple times. The words weren't coming quite out quite right. Um, but that, that picture is devastating to watch a wolf or some kind of predator eating its prey and tearing it apart. And sometimes we are fooled in our lives as well. I want to read you this short story. It says, once, a time, once upon a time a certain, in a certain village, there was, a, there was starvation and many wild animals, particularly wolves, were dying slowly. Then arose one wolf who had a plan. This wolf had been watching the shepherd and his flock of sheep for weeks. The wolf studied the pattern of the sheep and learned what time they got up, what time they ate, and what time they went to bed. And after weeks of studying the sheep, the wolf decided to break away from the pack of other wolves to carry out his plan to get food easily. The wolf killed a sheep and clothed himself in the sheep's skin to blend in with the flock of sheep. This was, this was a means to conceal himself from the shepherd, and the wolf succeeded. For weeks, this wolf grazed the pastures and played uh, with the flock of sheep. Then one night, while the shepherd was asleep, the wolf killed and ate a sheep. Every day, the number of sheep in the flock was reduced, and eventually, the shepherd noticed the decline in the number of his sheep and became worried. The shepherd decided to stay up one night and watch, watch his flock. Unknowingly, the wolf embarked on his mission as usual, but this time around, uh, but this time around, things got caught up with the wolf. As soon as the shepherd noticed the wolf attacking a sheep, he pulled his gun and shot the wolf dead. Why is it that we need to identify the wolf in sheep's clothing? Without a doubt, you don't want to fall in love with or work with or live with a wolf in sheep's clothing. You know how to spot such a person because he or she will strike you when you get comfortable or let your guard down. Generally, people who pretend to be kind to you but have a malicious intent are not easily identifiable because they do not walk around with a sticker on their forehead telling you to avoid them. They simply mix in with the others. I read an article that I wanted to bring a couple points to you 
the article was written by Leslie Vernick, and it says, how to identify a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, do you know how to, to, to identify them? And the number one thing that she, or this, this person, I don't know if it was a guy or, or, or girl, uh, described in her article, in the article was, they number one, decide, disguise themselves as a savior. Watch out for people who pretend to be your savior. Typically, a wolf in sheep's clothing will walk into your life when they see you struggling and will disguise as the savior that will provide solutions to all your problems. Instead of saving you, such a person will destroy and frustrate your life. There's always an ulterior motive which, which you uh, will never know when you meet the wolf in sheep's clothing. Desi disguising themselves as a savior, as the one who's come to be there just for you, the second one that uh, the writer mentions is to, that they manipulate people and situations for their personal gains. So not only do they disguise themselves as a savior, but they manipulate people and situations for their personal gains. Usually a wolf in sheep's clothing has the sweetest tongue but the sharpest tooth. Among the initial encounter, these malicious, uh, these malicious group of people seem to be very humble, loyal, and helpful. However, they're masking their ugly side and pretending to appear nice in their dealings until they get what they really want. So they appear to be your savior, they manipulate you, and they exploit your grievances. Uh, the article goes on to say, you need to be cautious about the people who nourish your grievances. Typically, a wolf in sheep clothing is very crafty and pays attention to your grievances. He or she will sub subly uh, take sides with you only for their personal advantage. And the fourth one is one that I think rings out for parents and many of us as teachers and, and uh, people who try to minister. Uh, the fourth thing to watch for is when everybody is warning you. Um, it's always a good thing to pay attention and listen attentively, especially when everybody is saying the same thing about a particular person. Uh, when somebody is pointing it out, um, in dating situations, that's, oh, that doesn't work very well when you point out these things about somebody because you, you have the love bug in, involved there. Um, but everybody's telling you. Most times our emotions cloud our judgment, and a wolf in sheep's clothing is an expert in using your emotions to manipulate you, especially, specifically, when you've invested your trust and love into the relationship with a malicious person. You will need to listen more to everybody's warning. Wolves are expert at deceit. That is why they are successful at, look, at looking like sheep. Wolves pretend to be good and care about the sheep, but those closest to them, their family, know the truth. And they have been bitten again and again and again. I found that article interesting to read, and I found it to be true in, in so many uh, situations where I've encountered false teachers or people who, who are uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. So what is it that we must do to recognize false teaching? We, as we slip into the next slide there, we can identify the false prophets and the false uh, people around us. One of them is by examining the fruit of their life. We know them by their fruit. False teachers and false prophets are often exposed by their greediness, by their immorality, and by their lust for power. And these are all things identified in scripture uh, that we need to, to watch for. We need to open our eyes to and see 
what it is that these people are, are, are doing in front of us. We need to recognize them by their fruit. And given time, the true character uh, of many false prophets will be exposed by the fruit of their lives. By their, by their fruits, they will know you. By examining the fruit of their teaching as well. Not only their lives and their actions, but their teaching. A lot of times, they, they, their methods, they work secretly, uh, maybe in, in finances, maybe in twisting the word of God, maybe uh, uh, appealing to covetousness, such as health and wealth, uh, blessings, um, preparing uh, rather than per, preparing people for what they should expect in, in their lives. They also use deceptive words. Second uh, Timothy 3.13 reminds us about people who twist the scriptures to support their message, to, to uh, um, change what God is saying to, to fit what their message is. Also take notice of their doctrine, how they pervert and, and change scriptures around, twist them around and especially when they teach things that are uh, contrary to scripture. We sit and we listen to these things sometimes on the radio, sometimes we hear it on TV, sometimes we hear it in teachings that we might be a part of, uh, and we need to listen and compare it to what God's word says. I, I've shared in the past growing up, um, Joe Hoskins one Sunday morning told us to turn to a certain area of scripture and he started reading it and I, for whatever reason, had happened to turn to it that morning. And it, he was reading the opposite of what was actually said there. And there were several people who were like, what, 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 you, what, what? And he stopped like two verses in and he said, he just shook his head. And I remember him shaking his head and saying, you, need to be in the word of God. You need to read it for yourself because I have just twisted this completely out of, out of context and out of what, what that scripture actually said. So no matter who's up here, no matter who's teaching, you need to compare it to the word of God and make sure that, that it is correct. Because the word of God is the final test uh, to, to, uh, to see where truth is. So the conclusion in, in these, these comments here is that it, it is not necessary to judge the hearts of those who claim to speak for God. We need, need to be fruit inspectors. We have to see what their fruit is producing. It is not for you or I to judge people. It is not our jobs. Um, but I remember uh, a situation in, in my lifetime, and that could be a long time, <laughs> 61 plus years, so I'm not going to place exactly where this situation was. But there was a situation where somebody that I know and love remarked that somebody was very slippery. And they felt like this person was uh, up to no good. And I remember listening and feeling that same thing and experiencing things from this person. But because of the smooth talk and because of the well-disguised costume, Many, many, many people missed it, including some people that I trusted to, to the highest extent. But that person was finally exposed, and that person finally uh, uh, faced the music of, of what he had sowed. So you and I need to be fruit inspectors. I can't judge anybody on their heart or their actions. I can only judge by the fruit that, that is produced. 
So we need to, to watch that and watch out for the wolves. And of course, that presumes that our knowledge of God's word is sufficient. That we have spent time in God's word, that we know his word, that we know what to look for in the life of a false prophet, that we know what to listen to in the teaching of a false prophet. We need to know what God is telling us. And Hosea reminds us that my people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. So that gives us some things to look at. You and I need to be in the word. You and I need to really listen to what's being said, not only to ourselves, but to our young people. We need to know what they're being taught. We need to understand that it is vitally important that they hear the word of God. Some of the key takeaways from this lesson today, uh, one is that the unfriendly person in the room is not usually the most dangerous person in the room. Think about that for a second. The unfriendly person in the room is not usually the most dangerous person in the room. The most dangerous person in the room is the one who has the motives and the, the desire to, to eat you alive or destroy your life. You need to pay close attention to every aspect of your interaction with people. When you're talking with people, when you feel like something is slippery, when you feel like someone is, is not uh, leading you in the right way, you need to confront them and ask them about that. And you need to ask others what their thoughts are of that. Um, but we need to be, in our interactions, in our relationships, we cannot be asleep at the wheel. We cannot let people run us over and manipulate us. A wolf in sheep clothing will do anything deceitful, including tearing you down to get what they want. We've seen that in our relationships. I've seen that in my relationships. I've seen it in, in times where people will tear you down to get what they want and to benefit from their desire and from their direction. Uh, the, the next one is always listen to the warnings from people, especially to those who are familiar with and have been bitten by the wolf in the sheep's clothing. We need to be aware, we need to listen. I will add to that, that you do need to do that for yourself. I cannot take another person's word as gospel for somebody's uh, claiming somebody is a false teacher. Because sometimes the person telling me might be that false teacher. You cannot pa pass blame or judge the heart of somebody else. You can judge it by the fruit and that, and that only. Um, while, while wolf in sheep, sheep's clothing may come off as the nicest person you've ever met, the treachery and betrayal of such a malicious person knows no bounds. And a wolf in sheep's clothing uses good causes to achieve selfish interests. So we need to be alert. We need to be engaged. And we need to avoid thinking with your emotions and when dealing with people for the first time. We need to, to use our heart. We need to use the wisdom that we've gained from scripture and from experience to listen to God's word and to make sure that it is correct and make sure that you are not led in a wrong direction. Because overall, now that you know how to spot a wolf in sheep's clothing, don't be naive to the games played by people pretending to have your best interest in heart. This lesson, uh, huh, I was telling Diane last night, I was a little bit of a struggle with it, um, because it sounds like beware, beware. And I, and as I, wrestled with it in my mind through the night, I realized 
That's exactly what it's supposed to be, to beware. Beware of those people in your life who are not following God's word and who are just playing the games to get what they want. Beware of those who are teaching and leading you down a path that you don't need to go. Beware. So who's afraid of the big bad wolf? We all should be. We should all be. But we, should, but we have the protection of God behind us. We have God watching over us and his word flowing through our hearts and our minds to guide us and lead us in the right way so that we can be protected, that we can protect each other and watch after each other and be aware and not be afraid. We should not be afraid to, to live our lives, but we should walk with confidence and knowledge that God is with us and leading the way. So keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, and walk wisely according to what God has led you to and what you know. So wolves in disguise, the scary thing. If you look up pictures of wolves in disguise, they're kind of interesting. But uh, that's why I didn't show too many of them. But, but it is something that even the best of us can be deceived. I know some of the best of us that have been deceived by wolves in, in, in sheep's clothing. We have to know the fruit. You have to see the fruit, and you have to listen to what God says. I hope uh, this morning that as you, as you sit here, that as you think about some of these people, and this is not meant to be thinking, is, is it her? Is it him? Is it, is it him? Uh, that's not the purpose of what's real purpose. But the purpose is trying to, to be into God's word and to know, to know what he is asking you to do. And when somebody is leading you astray and leading you in the wrong way, getting you laugh, to laugh at something that should not be laughed about, to be disrespectful to somebody who you should not be disrespectful to, that person is leading you the wrong way. You and I need to be aware of those things and to hold firm to our beliefs and remain in Christ and remain his child and be his example to the world around us. This morning, as we, as we uh, come to uh, uh, the end of this, I know I've said the word conclusion twice. It should be a little frightening. Uh, as we come to the end of this, I hope that uh, you will think about your life. Think about the people in your life. Be thankful for those in your life who are knowledgeable and who lead you in the right directions. Hold them in esteem. Hold them in a way that, that you know and trust them. But watch their fruit. Watch their fruit. Make sure that their fruit is righteous and pure and good. This morning, if uh, you have things to bring before the, the Lord that you'd like to do publicly, we'd love to help you do that, to pray for you, to bring you uh, some peace to uh, maybe bring some comfort. Uh, if you've not been baptized, if you've not uh, put on the Lord in baptism, to make him your savior so you can be one of his kids and be watched over by the God of the universe, uh, we could do that too. We could baptize you if that's something you know and are ready to do, uh, we, or we'd love to talk to you about it. As, uh, as together we stand and sing, if we can be of help to you, please let us know.